What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm no good at taking good advice And I'm self-careless, so don't tell me twice That lately I've been so stuck in my head That I forget just about everything my therapist said Maybe I'm self-helpless Maybe I'm self-helpless Maybe I'm self-helpless Maybe we are all self-helpless What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Self-Helpless Podcast. I'm Delaney Fisher. And I'm Kelsey Cook. And today we are talking about entrepreneurial dread. Um, Very specific type of dread. I mean, we could talk about dread in general, but when you are you know, running your own business or, you know, you're reliant on your creativity to bring in your revenue. It it can be yes. a very tough situation, weird relationship, you know, with your creativity. I mean, it's just kind of a fucking mess. <laughs> yeah. It can be great, but it can be shit. <laughs> yeah. So. And I think the struggles that you can go through can feel really isolating, which adds another level of dread to it. But if you don't have a ton of people in your life who are also pursuing, you know, being their own boss and, and all of that, you can feel like, well, who else is going through this? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, we're talking about that today, kind of what this is, um, what seems to help us in just different situations where we've been in a state of dread in this situation. And yeah, well, I'm I'm excited to just get some shit off my chest for this episode. <laughs> this is really yes. just this is just really a therapy session for me. Um, me too. Yeah, I went into oh. this one today being like, I'm just excited to talk to one of my best friends about <laughs> something that we both can vent about. So exactly, yeah. uh, Kels, where yeah. are you performing coming up? Do you want to plug your show dates? Yeah, so my my new tour, it's called the Mark Your Territory Tour. It kicks off this weekend, actually, in San Diego. And we just added a new tour date. And Delaney, you'll be excited about this because it's in L.A. Oh, awesome. So 
Yeah, on yes. Tuesday, January 23rd, I'm headlining the main room of the Comedy Store in Hollywood. Oh, yay! Fun! Yeah, it's exciting. Fantastic. You know, it's such a, such a legendary club, so our LA area helpsters, please come out to that show. I would love to have you guys in the crowd. And in February, I will be in Tacoma, Philly, Red Bank, New Jersey, and Stamford, Connecticut. In March, I'll be in San Francisco, Chicago, Rosemont, Minneapolis. And then in April, I'll be in Madison, Sacramento, Salt Lake City. And then the rest of my dates for um, the first half of the year are Vegas, Denver, Kansas City, and Timonium. So you can go to KelseyCook.com and get some tickets. I would love to see you guys. I just had um, shows in Boston over the weekend as we record this and uh it was so great to have some helpsters come up and it was it was awesome I did like a quick little I met a few people after after one of the shows and took some pictures and uh people were just so nice so thank you to the helpsters who came out oh that's so nice I love it yeah yeah how about you Del tell us Um, about um your podcast yeah you know if you want to listen to another podcast entrepreneurial dread is definitely part of that (laughs) that podcast as well um, I have a podcast uh, available for free at DelaneyFisher.com. It's a private show, but it's totally free. And when you join that list, you also get uh, notifications about different media opportunities, career opportunities, um, different ways to collaborate with other people on the list. And it's just a really, um, yeah, it's a really fun group over there. And um, yeah, get private podcast episodes of just about mindfulness and creativity in your work and your life. And uh, that's it. That's all I got for you. DelaneyFisher.com. Come on over. Yeah. And be sure to check out the the new Pretend Problems podcast with me and my boyfriend, Chad. We've been having a great time talking about relationship issues, uh, you know, life on the road, answering listener questions about stuff they're going through in their dating life that we can try and give some advice on. So uh, check out Pretend Problems podcast as well. Awesome. Beautiful. Yay. Well, right. We've we've plugged everything. Yeah, we've we've (laughs) plugged central, baby. Yes. Uh, So tell me what is kind of the first thing that comes to mind for you with uh, entrepreneurial dread. Oh, my gosh. Well, I was I think I mean, we could definitely pull up a a definition. I didn't even do that because I was. Yeah, I was dreading trying to find it. Um, (laughs) And I like literally I got some quotes, but nothing is really hitting home for me right now. For me, maybe we could talk about our personal explanation yeah for me the entrepreneurial dread was just it felt like the the most heightened level of uncertainty that's how i felt and Mm. it almost felt like um the dread was there whether things were going well or not or just kind of neutral it was just like the what if spiral of like um where where is my my next you know paycheck or where is my next revenue coming from what if this all goes away you know as an entrepreneur um you know some months are really exciting and and some months are kind of scary and there's everything in between Mm -hmm. and so it's like you have to figure out a way to create that predictability and balance for yourself so you can like regulate i guess like your nervous system because when you work at a corporation, when you you know have maybe a more traditional nine to five, you know how much you're getting paid every two weeks, usually, right? Like it's yeah. pretty predictable. You can plan your life around it. You can plan your budget around it. And there is just not that, that 
excitement, but also that dread is really not there. That's been my experience. So wasn't yeah. quite a definition, but what about, what does it mean for you? Yeah, well, your definition makes me think of also what we talked about last episode with depression, how it's so crucial to find that balance between certainty and uncertainty. Yes. And entrepreneurial dread and pursuing that life path, I think does bring way more uncertainty than certainty. And, right. you know, I have friends that did the more traditional career paths. And uh, to be honest, I'm having trouble thinking of one who's like super passionate about the actual work, right? Yeah. Like the job they have is not necessarily the thing that they dreamt of doing when they were a little girl or something like that. Mm. But they really love the certainty that it gives them where it's like they know exactly when they're working. They know exactly what their work entails. They know how much money they're going to make. They know what time they have off. And there is something that is so valuable to that. So right. I will say I, I can totally see the benefits of of having a, a career where there is more certainty in that way. For yes. me, on, uh, entrepreneurial dread comes mostly from this place of you have no boss and the Ooh. pros and cons of that. Like, Ooh, yes, <laughs> yes. I think it's really hard it can be hard when you have nobody making you do the work and you have to constantly on a daily basis find your own motivation to get work accomplished. I think there's something that's very exhausting about that. <laughs> and on the other end, you also don't have a boss that tells you when to stop working. Yes. And I think entrepreneurs um, or you know people who just who work for themselves can have a really hard time finding structure and and not letting themselves work constantly in a way whether it's super late into the night or working through the weekends too it's like there is a very big lack of structure for me so that there's no finish line and I think that's where the dread comes in for me oh gosh yes it's so interesting <laughs> my mind immediately went to finances and yours went to kind of like time in a way time yeah. and mm -hmm. oh yeah I resonate with that <laughs> so much because it, it's so true like um you know when when you're in school or whatever let's just you know you, you have certain assignments you know when you're done with your homework you know when you're done with the project yes. there's a finish line and a deadline and even for me at any kind of more conventional job I've ever had, it's like you clock out at five or 5.30 or whatever it is, your nights and weekends are yours. But when you work for yourself, I mean, you could work at 2 a.m. on a Saturday if you want, you know, you could yeah. do these things. And it's really challenging when you're excited about what you're doing, because if you love it and it doesn't really feel like drudgery in a way, you kind mm -hmm. of want to work a lot but it's still yeah. work and it still can drain you and it can still be taxing and it can still affect your health and your relationships and all this stuff outside of work. And yeah, ooh, finding that balance is, it's rough. Um, yes. I found a little bit of a blurb on um, this, this article calls it the entrepreneurial curse instead of entrepreneurial dread. And it says the entrepreneurial curse is not about being burned out as much as it is as much as it is about feelings of being stuck and lost in your own company, 
Burnout is pretty straightforward and defined as long-term exhaustion and diminished interest. The entrepreneurial curse is much more complex and is characterized by increased levels of frustration, disengagement, avoidance, and periods of checking out. Um, I don't know if I resonate with that, actually. Oh, Do man, the, the checking out. Yeah, the checking I, out you resonate with? I, I get that, where you just feel like you kind of hit a breaking point. And you feel like you, you hit the wall. aren't capable of doing anything. Yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. No, I guess so. I, I think, I oh, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely hit a wall and then I pivot. <laughs> so I'm like, what am I talking about? <laughs> this is basically what I do. But because <laughs> I, I have a hard time staying in the frustration and disengagement stuff mm-hmm. for too long, I just end up changing things altogether instead mm. of like i'm gonna sit here with this i i know when for me when it's time to kind of move on when i no longer feel like problem solving something that i used to be passionate about problem solving i know it's like okay i think it's time yeah. to to do something else it doesn't have to be something wildly different but it's i'm ready to do a little bit of an adjustment a uh, little bit of a course correction yeah yeah, and I think that's also part of what I was saying before with the isolation. Sometimes you don't even know if you have a problem. Right. Like you don't know if what you're feeling is problematic or if you just need to kind of suck it up and keep grinding. And I think that leaves people sometimes capable of of getting, I don't want to say more burnt out than a conventional job because fuck, I know that being in a conventional job, it is also so draining especially if you don't love it. But when you don't have actual markers of boundaries of like, this is when I stop working or, hey, actually this isn't the right fit, but nobody's around to tell me that. It's just all on you. That's, yeah, I, I get what you mean. Yes. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. I would love to know how your relationship with this type of dread has changed if it has over time like maybe the beginning of your career kind of the halfway point of where you are now and and now Mm -hmm. any big differences yeah yeah so i used to really hate the idea of outsourcing anything that had to do with me or my business because i didn't trust people to do it right and ultimately everything is a reflection of me and i just was like okay, I'll just continue to do everything because at least I can guarantee that I'll do it right. But I actually found that I started to 
not do my best in all the areas of my job because I was having to do too many things. So I've changed a lot in the last few years in terms of really being comfortable outsourcing work to others, being willing to spend money that maybe I wasn't comfortable spending before, but knowing that in the long run, it will actually benefit me, not just financially, but I think in my, in my career and in my personal life to not feel as burdened by the amount of tasks. So outsourcing has been, has been a really big one. Oh gosh. So good. So good. Yeah. How about you? Big fan of all that when you can and being strategic, but I think it's good to be strategic about it. You don't have to do everything, but the ones that really are the biggest benefit. So I feel like I am truly in the thick of a pretty big 180 right now. And I haven't really Mm -hmm. talked about it on the podcast quite yet, but um, for, uh, let's see, me six plus years ago, I was very excited about running my own business. I fucking loved every minute of it. The Mm -hmm. the balance for me felt very much like 80 to 90% loving it, 10 to 20% tedious. Of course, there's always going to be like, you know, admin tasks and figure out the taxes and all that kind of stuff. And I felt really, um, yeah, really energized by it for a long time. And I would say the last like year and a half or so, that percentage slowly started to flip. And I started realizing in my day to day that it started to feel like 20 to 30% enjoyment and, or not not even, I mean, yeah, 10 to 20% enjoyment and um like 80 to 90 percent not loving it and i was like i know that i need to do something different and um you know i I considered a lot of options of like do i want to um create something new and i think i was just so burnt out on troubleshooting and and coming up with different things i want to do and just being the decision maker in every way shape or form when you are running your own business, it can be exhausting, that it was really um, zapping my creativity a lot. And I just realized like, I feel more stuck in admin and managing people and all this stuff, which is like what I wanted to get away from uh, in my other jobs, in my more conventional jobs. And so I started really thinking, um, and I, you know, kind of took my time with it, applying different places and all that. But I really started to think like, well, what if my like next dream job is actually inside somebody else's organization or company and not really my own? Um, yeah. Some other, you know, a company that has way more resources and, and you know, and it's a team that I'm excited to be a part of and, you know, meeting new people. And basically where I would get to show up and just do my job and not have to worry about every other little thing that you have to worry about when you're basically your own corporation and, and all of that. And um, I was like, I think that could be really great, especially if it's, you know, it has to be a creative role. I have to, I have to have something creative. Um, so I, I was gonna, you know, really kind of stay in my own thing at, a, at that level if I couldn't find something else. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I recently found uh, a creative job that I'm now doing full time that I get to write and pitch and write comedy and all these things for something I really care about for causes I really care about. So 
I feel, yeah, I feel very excited. I'm like, okay, this is so weird how this is now feeling good. I'm basically back in a more conventional setting, but it's still uh, remote work. So I still feel like I, you know, I have agency over my time and, and, but I still get to socialize. I get to go in the office sometimes. I've meet, I've met all these new people that it's really fun. It makes me realize how like isolated I was as an entrepreneur. Like you were mentioning Mm -hmm. Kelsey, I'm like (laughs) meeting everybody for the first time. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I like forgot what it's like to have coworkers and have lunch conversations and and things like that. And so it's really weird how um, I'm kind of in this place where I found myself a long time ago where I have a day job, but I'm doing things on the side, right? So I have this job and doing the podcast and still like pitching things with my lit agent and stuff like that. But the biggest difference is I actually love my day job where six plus years ago, me or however long that's been, hated my day job. So I, uh, I didn't really think it was possible for me to love a day job. I got to be totally yeah. honest. I, I just, I didn't see my, that for myself. And so it's really great to be able to get paid to be creative, but I don't have to worry about anything else. I don't have to worry about client acquisition and, and taxes and expense reports. And this, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's kind of fucking awesome. So <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I'm just, you know, I know that the entrepreneurial world can be really weird about this, where if you stop being a full-time entrepreneur, it can kind of look, they'd be frowned upon. And Mm. I'm telling you, it's been pretty fucking liberating. I, that stress, that dread is gone because I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about like, um, how much am I going to bring in this month? And what about this? And how am I going to pay this? For, right. And so that's gone. And I still have time to do my entrepreneurial things outside of my job. And it's really weird to still consider myself an entrepreneur, but I also have this job. Yeah. Really weird. So yeah. yeah. Um, I guess I just have learned that I need different things at different times and I just check in with like what percentage of fun is this and um and yeah I can still take clients on the side and stuff here and there when I want to but I, I don't know about you but I felt um very torn a lot because when you have to bring in a certain amount of money to pay your team to pay mm-hmm. the bills for me, I was taking on things and taking on maybe too much sometimes that I didn't actually want to take on that didn't feel totally in alignment because I'm like, well, I got to pay my operations manager. I got to pay this person. So I got to take this on, whether it's this yeah. project or client, because it's not just about me. And then I kind of felt like, oh, I've just created like a nine to five job that I don't really love for myself. This is not what I wanted. Wow. So yeah. Anyway. That was a lot, but yeah, that's where I'm at right now. No, we are so proud of you. I'm oh, so you. excited for you. Thank you. Um, I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I have gotten to hear more, more details off the show, and this just this seems like such an amazing fit for you. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just I'm thrilled for you. Thanks. Thanks. I love you. And I mean, gosh, <laughs> Me I, I talked so much the last what, year or so of like how lost I felt too, like how 
it took a year and a half to really figure out and find the job that would make yeah. me feel like this. It took a long time and it sucked, you know? It, yeah. It, it fucking sucked. And um, I felt creatively constipated. I think I talked about where I didn't know how to use my comedy brain if I wasn't a performer anymore. And I didn't know where to put that. And right. now I have an outlet and it's just, hopefully this helps somebody out there who's like, doing a, p- a pivot as a creative it's like hey those jobs do exist especially if you find a cause that you care about they need creatives on their team yeah yeah That's, I was gonna say I think it's it, this has to be helpful for some of our listeners to have heard your progression over the past you know however many episodes where you've been saying like you know I'm feeling kind of lost right now I thought I knew what I wanted that's not bringing me the joy I thought it would but I don't really know what's next and this is just such an exciting kind of conclusion to that chapter and I think it can definitely give a lot of listeners hope who might be in this you know quarter-life crisis-y time of like I I don't feel like the same person that I did when I started the job I'm at or right I I want I, I want to try something else but I don't know where to start it's like Right. I think just being patient, because like you said, it, it took you a little while. Oh, it did. The eagle has landed, everybody. I, <laughs> I found Hooray! my footing. I'm so glad. <laughs> VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I was thinking too about how much this job has impacted my self-worth in a way when you were talking about how in school we had so much structure and you had grades and it was just such like a tangible measurement of how you were doing right like how you were doing compared to your classmates how how you were doing compared to just like the standards of school or whatever right and I know school was a lot of people's dreaded thing. A lot of people did not like school. I was one of those fucking weird type A people who really enjoyed school. I generally loved my classes. I liked having structure. I liked getting grades and feeling like I knew what was going on. Being an entrepreneur and being in charge of my own growth and success in a lot of ways it's hard because you when you're saying you can work at 2 a.m on a Saturday right because you technically can when you don't it's this feeling of like well I bet somebody else is and I bet they're getting ahead oh you know it's that the awful rat race feeling of like somewhere somebody is doing more Oh. And I, yes. I think I've really struggled to be okay with uh, the even just entertaining the thought of like, what if I don't work the hardest? Like, what would that look like if I didn't do the most? Because I've always only ever done the most, like my whole, whole life. I mean, even, I think, you and I have talked about it, like, even back to middle school, where you're just involved in, like, way too many things at once, and 
So this is a big identity thing for me is shifting this thought of like, okay, what if you, what if you weren't trying to do the absolute most a person could do? Right. And that's, that, that's pretty scary for me because I think in my mind I've equated that with then that makes me a failure or that makes me lazy or what if I regret someday not having done more work and I just sometimes I'm frankly like who but who do you think is doing more work than you and if they are how do you think they are feeling because right. I can't imagine they feel great right <laughs> like physically or mentally Yes, that's such a good point because, yeah, when you're doing your own thing, it's like kind of limitless, all the things Mm -hmm. that you can do and accomplish, where I think in a a more conventional setting, at least in my experience, it's like, okay, you get promoted to this role, this is like kind of like a clear trajectory, this role, this role, this role, or like, oh, you make partner at your law firm, or you this, where it's like, okay, I did the thing, I'm at the goal, I'm at the milestone, I'm going to maintain this, and- At least that's how I feel Uh, anytime I've been promoted. Oh, I did the thing. Okay, cool. Of course, there's always more that you potentially could do in that situation, but it feels a little bit more tangible, at least in my opinion, than Mm -hmm. when you're doing your own thing. It's like, well, uh, you could do X amount of shows per year, Chelsea. You could do it in this type of venue or this type of venue. Oh, maybe you want to act. Maybe you also want to write a book one day. Maybe it's just all these branches shoot off in a million different directions. And I have found that that is very challenging and it makes me feel all over the place where anytime that I've had kind of a grounded job elsewhere, it's, uh, it it doesn't feel like that. There's for me, there hasn't been that many branches to consider where it's like, look, this, I got promoted here. This would be the next step if I want to do that. I also don't have to. And and nobody would expect me to do all that to get to that thing. I could just stay here forever and just get my raise every year and basically say, I don't really want to be promoted to that thing. And I I don't know, uh, but but that's such a good point. And um, I don't know if you feel this way. I definitely have felt this way where if I make a mistake of some kind in a job or a corporation I work for or, you know, something like that. It didn't really sting as much um, in, in my experience as if I feel like I messed up and it was something for my own business or especially if you have a personal brand of some kind. It's like mm-hmm. that separation of where you begin and your or where you start and your business ends. It's like so blurry. It's like you are yes. your business and that's that can be really unhealthy. Um, but when something doesn't go right, it just feels so much heavier than... If it's just like, oh, I just had a shitty day at my day job. That's eh, okay, yeah. right? My day, my day job isn't my identity. It isn't my life. It isn't my thing. Uh, or yeah, it's it's it doesn't it doesn't feel all consuming. Um, but when it's your thing, your business, your yes. messaging, your image, your whatever, gosh, it feels uh, rough if something's not going super super well. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I, I I have said a million times on here how hard it is that social media quantifies your success into numbers mm. because you, I mean, how do you not take it personally? It's you. It's your content. It's your face. It's your voice. It's your jokes. So when things either perform well or don't perform well, it does feel, it doesn't feel like a separate 
business. It's right. like you are the business. Right. Interesting. And yeah. On the the previous episode we did about depression, I talked about that it seems like there's been a little bit of an uptick in very recent times amongst comedians, at least, at least ones that I know and have been in touch with, where it seems like more anxiety than ever before is being experienced and more depression. And then I also found out very recently that several comedians who I have looked at as the like marker of success, right? Of like, this is, this is like the most you can do. A lot of those comedians are taking a year off next year or this, this current year as this podcast comes out. Um, And I really was like, whoa, it's kind of shocking to me when I hear about a comic taking a full year off because all we see is what's on Instagram. It's these shiny, glitzy tour posters and pictures on stage and that like everybody is doing the most yeah, and having the most success. And then when you hear about some people taking a whole year off because they like you know, I, I don't necessarily know the reasoning behind every one of those people's decisions, but I know in one case there's like a lot of burnout and like that you just, you feel like you cannot physically m- maintain what this sort of standard is. At a conventional job, the standard is what, 40 hours a week? maybe 60 hours a week if it's extra tough, maybe 80. Fuck. I mean, I know some people have have it really rough at certain, you know, standard jobs. But it's like, I think also in entertainment, there is zero structure. There's no limit right. that you can quantify and go, oh, this person has worked X amount of hours a week. So people just expect you to be able to like keep up with with whatever is is going on and um i i think it's not surprising that a lot of entertainers right now are are feeling mentally and physically unwell and hitting a wall because there's how how do you even know what to gauge the amount of work is you're doing totally you can't be like i worked 40 hours a week it's like i have to fly all day sometimes to get to a place are we counting that as work i mean i sure am but it's it's unconventional it's like right yeah i don't know if you want to work 20 hours a day as an entertainer you can nobody's going to stop you or say yeah you know a lot of people are not going to say hey don't do that especially when you uh are successful right like you become a product in a way that a lot of different people make money off of Right. right. You have a whole team behind you. They all have different things that they're excited to have you do all that stuff. And it's like you aren't like you. Yes, you are your own person. And, you know, you have all that. Go- but you also um, make other people money, too. Yeah. Which is so weird because it's it's not like you're sitting in a boardroom running a company in, in the sense of like, OK, you, you know, you do this. But you have all these people attached to every success that you have or every offer that you have that also get paid when you get paid. And yes. I think that's when it's like, okay, well, I'm not a machine, <laughs> right? Yeah. You're not a machine. So it's like, okay, um, we've talked about this where 
also the you know the offers and the opportunities get better and better the more well known and more popular you get so it gets harder to say no as you get more involved and then you're just like yeah best case scenario you're working literally all the time because it's going so well but is it really going well for you in other areas (laughs) if you don't have any breaks or peace or time to yourself i mean it's nuts it's just nuts it's really nuts. Yeah, I I feel proud of myself for like slowly trying to at least undo the the ways of thinking that I have for a long time and at least start to acknowledge how much of my self-worth I have wrapped up in this idea of that I need to be the hardest working person I know. Yeah. Right. Cuz it's also like you know, you hope life is long. But life is also short in a way and you have to stop and be like, well, what am I doing this all for? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. The point of life is not to work the hardest every second of every day. It's like you also are, you're trying to enjoy your life. Right. So I've, I think I've let some of that get away from me as parts of my career have gotten more successful, which is so exciting and something I've you know wanted for forever but you do also have to remember like nobody will nobody will take time off for you you right. have to be the person to say I, I need a break I need I need more structure I need you know whatever it is right absolutely I mean what do they say what's that quote of like entrepreneurial entrepreneurs will work would rather work 80 hours a week for themselves than 40 hours a week for anybody else (laughs) Mm. it's like yeah i and then you kind of wake up like yeah what am i doing all this for if i don't feel like i have the time and energy to enjoy the successes that i'm having if it's just like this cycle of do 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 what who's benefiting from this yeah you're not being able to take time and actually enjoy the money that you've made or enjoy the whatever the thing that you want to do. Um, yeah, it's a really strange cycle. Have you found that anything is particularly helpful for you either in, in the past or now when it comes to this kind of dread cycle? What seems to help you or like ease your mind? You know, I I think I've had a positive, shi- positive shift happen once Chad and I started living together mm. because I had a like a tangible actual you know person around me who I want to spend time with and I want to like especially like enjoy my evenings with you know he and I are both pretty good about being productive during the day getting the things done we want to get done but when I lived by myself I would just kind of continue to work at night and because I was like well what else am I going to do right now and so I think living with my partner has helped me get a little bit more perspective again on okay yes you could work all the time but you don't want to do that right you should stop working at a certain time of the day as if you did work a typical day job I wonder if people listening even if you are not an entrepreneur but maybe your job became remote after covid if you feel some aspects of this just because there's a less of a separation from your house to your office, if your home has become your office. 
Definitely. You know, that's been a thing too. Oh yeah. Totally yeah. agree. How about you? Do you have any yeah. tips for things that have helped bring you out of it? Um, you know, I would say, yeah, I definitely have some things that were helpful. Like, um, I thought, I thought these tips were great as far as like, uh, when it comes to revenue and stuff, like finding your new zero, we've talked a little bit about on the Mm. show where, um, you know, instead of waiting till your business account gets to close to zero to like start having a plan, it's like, what's your new zero? That might be $5,000, 10,000, 500, whatever that is. I thought that was a really smart tip. Um, because yeah, it just, you know, before you get to a dire place of what am I going to do or how am I going to cover this business expense, you're already, you already have a game plan in place. Um, I think, you know, running your own business, like I, you know, I I would have months where I made more money in one month than I did an entire year at my corporate job. And then I'd have months where I'm like, Ooh, this is a pretty low month. I'm kind of worried about this. Right. And it's like these really high highs and these really low lows. So I definitely like the tip of either taking the last like three to six months of your revenue and basically averaging it out. Um, So whether that's, you know, the last three Mm. months for you, the last six months. And that way, you know, even though you have those giant gaps, um, you can get a little bit of predictability maybe with what the next three to six months will look like for you. That's very helpful for budgeting, saving, putting things away, uh, investing back into your business. So I think that 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 any of that predictability that you can just manufacture for yourself, um, I find is very helpful having like emergency type funds and stuff like that, having a certain amount um, built up that you know that if something goes, you know, haywire, you can can cover your team and your expenses for three to six months. Those types of things I think um, are very helpful. Um, I've also been a big fan of just diversifying your income I usually have had, yeah. you know, two to three stream, streams of revenue at any given point, um, whether it's like, yeah, my business, you know, uh, clients, day job, something creative, whether it's podcast revenue or I'm writing something or whatever. I usually would have a few different things going on. And that always made me feel pretty good because um, yeah. if something kind of was petering out or whatever, you can kind of ramp something else up. Um but I think a big one for me with navigating a lot of this what is just um, talking to people who have done things or who kind of have taken a trajectory that you've considered for yourself. You know, so it's like um, I I'm the type of person that will ask somebody if they'd be willing to like um, meet me, you know, for coffee or pay them for a consultation or something so I can learn about their job and the industry and stuff like that. And so, you know, when I was considering if I wanted to be in entertainment, like, do I want to go down like the, the TV writer path? Do I want to try to, um, you know, do I want to do stand up? Do I want to do all these things? Um, I just really kind of gathered a lot of people's experiences and I asked a shit ton of questions and yeah. realized like, okay, that's not going to like, that trajectory, um, if it's successful, is still not going to work for me. Like, I I can't see myself being happy, even if that works. So I'm a little bit nervous to even go down that road, right? Like, I remember meeting my friend for for dinner who's a TV writer, and I just asked them a bunch of questions of, like, what's it like in the room, and what's the time in between shows, and all this. And I just gathered a lot of information, and... um, it was super helpful because I ruled that out for myself. And I'm not saying like base 
base your whole life off of one person's opinion. But if you start hearing the similar stories from people and you start seeing similar things that you know in your gut wouldn't make you happy, for me, it always made it hard to continue that path. And so I think that's why there's been so many pivots for me, because once I realized, wait a minute, this is this is leading to something that I'm not going to be happy with. I want to make I want to just change it a little bit now so I don't go any further. I think that served me well. I think it's also probably been, you know, there's probably been some downsides too. Um, not sticking in some areas because you can also create something new for yourself, right? Like if I, um, you know, it, I maybe would have found my own way of doing something that would have been a better fit, but I just, I love collecting information and asking people questions. Um, and that's been very helpful. Yeah. I think those are all awesome tips, you know? I hope somebody, people listening right now, I hope there's something like a big takeaway that you got from this episode to at least feel less alone about it because, yeah, God, that's the worst. <laughs> oh my gosh. And yeah, find find the community. If you work by yourself, you're going to have to yeah. make an effort to find your people. Um, yeah. Oh, and this is helpful to know. Sometimes people reference this as entrepreneurial terror instead of entrepreneurial oh. dread. Where Boy. it's just that, yeah, that like really heavy kind of terrifying fe- feeling sometimes where you feel kind of trapped. Yeah, it is. It's scary. It's it's a brave thing to do to try to make it on your own, essentially. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, because there's a lot at risk sometimes. Mm-hmm. But um, do you have a well, segment? Um. I have a, let's see, my good shit for the week is uh, my sister is here right now and we're going to have a little sleepover. We're going to go to dinner and just hang out and relax. So that's my, that's what I got going oh, I on tonight. It. What about nice. you? Yes. Um, I hired a financial advisor today. Oh, fabulous. A, yes. That's <laughs> like, if you're an OG helpster. You know, I used to talk about having a big girl chart growing up and putting like a sticker on it when you, you know, accomplish even the tiniest little things. And that feels like a big thing to check off for me. I have, you know, just found a million other things to do before actually just sitting down and making that call and setting up an appointment. It's really easy to let other things in life just pile up and kind of get in the way and put it off. And investing is one of those things where it's like the sooner you start yes the better off you'll be so I um I had gotten uh somebody to help with my taxes and bookkeeping about a year and a half ago and that was a really big change for me but I'm just learning a lot still it's like yeah those aren't but that's still not the same person necessarily that can help you figure out retirement and investing you know speaking of entrepreneurship it's like uh, retirement you know most a lot of my friends have like a 401k with their company they work with we don't comics don't have anything like that so so yeah just just really trying to think about the future and set myself up for for a cushion in that way so that's my good shit and I also wanted to 
give a shout out. I won't say the name because, uh, you know, that wasn't included in the email to share a name, but I just want um, to let a helpster know who wrote in recently um, who said that they also have a parent with dementia. And I just want you to know that that email meant the world to me and that I'm sending you the biggest hug through the podcast and um, just know that like, I, I mean, I, I never even know what to put into words, but just just know that like I I feel you <laughs> like my heart can feel you. I just I know how heavy this all is. And so thank you for taking the time to write in such a sweet message and tell me that you're also going through something similar. So, yeah, that meant oh, a lot. that's so nice. I'm so glad people are doing that. That's really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really amazing. So, um, yeah, guys, we hope we hope this episode helped you and yeah we'll uh we'll talk to you next week yes all right right. bye guys thank you for tuning in to the self-helpless podcast you can find our patreon community merch and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com we'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend left an itunes review or feel free to post it on your instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast thanks guys